Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And this is your boy, Matt Golden. I bet that's going to sound great. Oh. And some uh, some extra sound effects for you guys. <laughs> You're welcome for the added sound effects. Um, we'll have to do some copyright infringement stuff on those later. But How you doing, buddy? I'm doing swell. You look like shit. Well, that's what I'm going for, so that's why yeah, I'm doing swell. That's not, that's not unusual for Alex, though, so... He's fine, probably. So this week, we're doing another trade swap. Uh, for those of you that don't know, a trade swap is when Matt and I each pick out a graphic novel for another that the other is unfamiliar with and have them read it without any prep work beforehand or so that we go in surprised to what we're reading. Based on the feedback from you guys, this is your least favorite uh, form of what we do. So we decided we're going to do it as often as possible. Full-time trade swap podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we are changing. Um, so Alex gave me... Uh, the book uh, Rover Red Charlie by Garth Ennis. Uh, yeah, with a, art by oh yeah uh, Michael De, De Pascale. Oh yeah, say that name again again for yeah, the audience not in sure. case they didn't catch it. What was it? Michael De Pascale. Didn't butcher that yeah, at all. That was yeah. perfect. That was beautiful. So I guess I'm going to be the one talking about this book for the most part because I got to read it just now. And if you thought the the book Mao. Uh, Byron Spiegelman was uplifting, then, <laughs> then you ain't seen nothing yet. This is right up your alley. This is, yeah, this is the book for you. Uh, it's about three dogs, just normal dogs, uh, experiencing basically Armageddon through a dog's eyes. Uh, and what could be more happy or joyous than watching three dogs? Yeah, essentially the world's uh, ended. All the humans uh, have gone crazy and are killing themselves or killing others. So it's um, killing dogs and each yes. other. Yeah. Anything really terrific, but beautiful. Yeah. In, in typical Garth in fashion, I mean, it's, there's a lot of violence in it. It's not light on that at all, even though the protagonists are three dogs. Oh yeah. Uh, one of the first like three or four panels is a bunch of humans just jumping out of buildings. Yeah. And this book is put out by avatar, which I think is the first book we've ever done. On Avatar for this podcast. Yeah, I think so. And for those of you uh, who don't know what Avatar is, it is not the James Cameron monster hit turned theme park. It is a book company. (laughs) Very different. Glad you cleared up that confusion. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there who just weren't sure. Who got their hopes up for a moment. Yeah, Yeah. they were really thinking we were going to talk about Avatar, but that's a different podcast altogether. So what would you think of Rover Red Charlie? I thought it was really good. Um, So spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk a <laughs> lot about what happens inside these books. Um, the whole time I was like, please don't let these dogs that I've invested so much of my time in die. And they don't, which is great. And that you don't find that out until like the last few panels that they're all alive at the end. Yeah, this But is- I was like, just please, please, God, for the sake of my tears. And I'm reading in front of Alex and I don't want to just <laughs> stream tears down my face down this. This is one of the few comics I've read where I teared up while reading it. Pussy. Because it is, like, they're dogs. Like, if you're a dog person, too, especially, it, it's hard. Or just love animals. It's hard not to get invested. And we see, like, these cruel wanton acts happen to them. And knowing that they're helpless uh, to stop or help themselves, it, it's hard not to get choked up. Uh, yeah, I didn't look at the uh, art literally at all. No <laughs> no offense to the artist whose name Alex definitely pronounced correctly. Uh, no offense to that man, but I did not look at your art hardly at all. 
because I just couldn't. I couldn't it's not too painful. do it to myself. Yeah. It was going to be. I was going to cry. Yeah, it's. I mean, even though we're jumping straight ahead, I mean, straight to the end on this one, there's yeah. a scene where uh, <laughs> one of the dogs, Char- or Red, saves Charlie from another monster dog attacking it, and the dog rips off Charlie's leg. Yeah. Uh, or, sorry, rips off Red's leg. Yeah. And you, you see him there bleeding to death. Uh, and then it cuts away from that, and you see a bunch of Red's puppies uh, from another dog that he impregnated earlier in the book. And you don't see red at all. And you're just like, oh, God, this is the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. It's red's offspring without their father around because he died heroically saving Charlie and Rover. Yeah, this book is, uh, while actually very hysterical because everything Garth Innes touches is is funny in a way. It finds the uh, the beauty and dark humor. Didn't he do Happy? That was him, right? No, it was Grant no, Morrison. No, Grant Morrison. Yep, sorry. I get them confused literally all the time. Although the same artist, Derek Robertson, did happy to the boys, too. Yep, I know. I know. I'm a doctor, too. <laughs> uh, but all around, just a, a very graphic book. It is a graphic novel. And those of you who don't know, Garth Ennis is the writer behind Preacher, behind The Boys, behind yeah. most of the great Punisher stories. He's been around for a long time. So if there's ever a bold network looking for a really uh, game-changing uh, <laughs> film or television series to do, Please don't do this for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how this would translate well because, like, like people hate it when they see animals die in a movie and they aren't even they're just they're just there to for that sole purpose. Oh yeah, these animals are the protagonist, and to have that happen, it'd be like watching. It'd be it's like if Homeward Bound was a snuff film. Oh, <laughs> that's a that is an excellent way to do it. Um, this book has everything though. This has got uh, little boys looking dogs buttholes. Uh, this has dogs. Uh, I think it was a grown man. <laughs> uh, it's debatable. It's got anytime the dogs talk, all they say is "I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a dog." Yeah, I thought that was clever. The way that they uh, have the dogs communicate when they we hear them obviously talk like they do. Their words a little bit different, like they call it humans feeders. But whenever they're barking, it's just them saying "I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a dog" over yep. and over again. Uh, except if you are a chihuahua, you say, what about me? What about, <laughs> about me? me? What or about me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because fuck chihuahuas. So what was your favorite part of this book? Uh, when I had the sweet, sweet relief at the very end, <laughs> knowing A, that I was done, and knowing that Red survived uh, to raise all of his little baby pups. Yeah, I, I think when I first read that, that was probably my initial favorite thing. I liked that. <laughs> but that, now that like I knew what happened, I liked that the cats were jerks and evil and got their comeuppance, or the hiss pots, as, they, as the dog called them. Uh, yeah, the yeah. cats in the in the book trick the dogs into uh, going on this bridge and kind of encircling them so they can kill them. And the dogs manage to escape, and the cats end up drowning under a, uh, under a bridge. It's kind of awesome. There's a lot of, I mean... It's like tragic at this book. There's a lot of like fun, like feel good moments. It's a lot of tongue in cheek yeah. jokes, yeah. But like when the dog is like running through the field, when the dogs figure out like how to feed themselves and take care of themselves. Yeah. I mean, they're still as dark as it is. There's still plenty of like those happy beats that like just make you feel good. Yeah, one of the dogs, Red, always wants to know how his asshole smells. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's still very much very Garth in his moments in this book. <laughs> yeah, he's like, does, does my butt smell good? Does my does it smell good? Please smell it. Yeah. Which is something that I do all the time, too. <laughs> so it's not necessarily just a dog thing. But. There was that great bit, though. Uh, I think it was in the fourth issue where they come across 
I can't remember what kind of dog. It's a smaller dog, but he's but the way he describes uh, the smell, he's describing like he's describing a fine wine, like oh, it has hints of Tabasco, uh, <laughs> yeah. just a touch of chocolate. And like it, I thought that was a nice little touch for the third time that that joke for the rule of three for it. Yes, uh, it hit the it hit the the money spot for me. Uh, it was a very very good uh, good book. It's only six issues long, so if you want to pick it up, I read it and. Like twenty thirty minutes something like that. Like it's it's super quick. Yeah, it's a very good like self contained series. Yeah, too. it's not a it's not a big series that you're gonna have to buy a bunch of. You can just go out and and purchase the the book solo. And this was something when I got, I had literally had no idea what it was. I was just at my little comic book shop, saw there was a new trade out by Garth Ennis, and I mean I read everything that he does, so I picked it up and then I went home read it and then I cried to myself. Yeah. So like, if you like to be sad too, uh, this is a. Uh, while reading comic, this is one of the books for you. Yeah, if you enjoy sad while uh, enjoy being sad while looking at picture books, boy <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, Did Matt I, and Alex have a recommendation. Yeah, just for read you. it by yourself because if you read it like in a room of people and see each other, <laughs> no one will understand. Yeah, don't go to the library and yeah. read this book for the love of God. Or an elementary school or a playground full of children. Oh yeah, those yeah. are not ideal places to read this. Yeah, it's funny too. This book, I have to basically keep this like locked up in my house. Because even though my wife has never read it, she can't. The idea of it gets her gets her choked up. So it has to be tucked away and behind closed doors. Does so she no know one how it, it ends? No, she doesn't know. When we get out of this, I'm gonna go out there and just act like it was the saddest shit that I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. I'm gonna tell her that all the dogs in the world are dead and they die gruesome deaths. It's funny though, because like on the shelf, like I have I have stuff that's like sad. Like why has it sad moments? I have crossed, which is incredibly dark. And that's the it, first thing that came to my uh, mind, and, and and just so messed up. But that's fine being out there. But bad things happening to dogs is too much. Not allowed. I get it. Well, so what would you rate this book on a scale of one to ten? Uh, I'd give it a solid seven. It's not something that I am going to go pick up again immediately. But if I want to feel sad and then feel good. Because it is a feel-good yeah. story in the end. Uh, I might pick this up one day. I'm Now that I've read it, I'm not racing out to buy it or anything. But yeah. I enjoyed it. It was good. I mean, I'll give it a nine. I think it's a very perfect, it's almost bold. perfect, self-contained story. Uh, I'd agree with you. It's not a book that you reread often. Just because, I mean, it, it does have that emotional feel that it's, that's not joy. So you don't, don't want to just uh, experience it over and over again. There's so much to experience in the world of comic yeah. books. It takes, and, and I don't tell me if I'm wrong here, or tell me if you feel differently. Uh, I don't very often feel compelled to reread anything. Uh, it's usually there's about, I mean, I read a ton of books. There might be five or six like series I go back across an entire year and reread. Yeah, but it's not something that like I do often. Right. So, so give me your last like your top like. What are the the series like two or three, and I already know one of them uh, that you uh, go to the most often that you've read the most. Uh, Preacher knew it. That was uh, what I knew. Transmetropolitan. I was actually uh, just thinking about rereading that one too. Or I've actually been thinking about it for a minute. Sorry, continue. Uh, and then after that, it'd probably be. What would my third one be? It'd probably be. Uh, Actually, the Cable and Deadpool series. Interesting. Yeah, because that was the first hero book, or that was at Marvel or Is DC. That, Fabian? that I really, yeah, it's Fabian. Okay, that that I really got into. So, fair enough. Yeah, it's going back to my roots. I might have to borrow some of those. I don't think I have those trades. Anywho, 
<laughs> I'll, I'll save that for after the <laughs> podcast, probably. Um, I just want to take this moment too, before we get into this next book to apologize to all of our, uh, uh, our listeners who enjoy marijuana. I, uh, I put down the drug last week. Uh, I basically called you all criminals and crooks and I really want to, to apologize to you all. Um, you're not all criminals and crooks. Just, just some of you. That was a heartfelt apology. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we now do PSAs on this podcast. Sorry, fucking dope fiends. (laughs) Look, apologies like that, you stick to your Twitter yeah. or your Instagram. Yeah. That should have been on my yeah. personal Facebook. Yeah. No, you, you write it in notes, take a screenshot of the notes, and then post that to Twitter. That's the way people do apologies these days. <laughs> Is that really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I had to yeah. get into you, that. you need to follow more scandals or minor yeah. scandals. Uh, real quick before, one last thing, because we've gotten into <laughs> a bunch of sidetracks here. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening right now that I kind of want to talk about real quick in the world of comic books, some, some really cool stuff. And I kind of just want to get your thoughts. Real okay. Fast. Uh, there's this new thing coming out called DC universe, uh, launching a bunch of new television shows. Thank God. Another streaming service. Just what we need. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. spending enough money on comic exactly. books and comic book related stuff. Or Netflix monthly. or Amazon or Hulu. Yeah. Fuck me. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, I mean, I'm never, I never dislike more superhero content. So I don't, I don't know if anything on there will be good. I'm sure season three of Young Justice will be really good, but I can't speak for the rest of the stuff. So. Now, you might know a little bit more about this than I do. I'm going to kind of just act as the, the questionnaire here. Uh, is it all animated? All the television shows? No, uh, the Titans show, uh, based off Teen Titans, obviously, will be live action. The Harley Quinn show will be animated. The Swamp Thing show will be live action in an hour, they said, for each episode. And they just announced Doom Patrol. Uh, and I believe that's going to be live action oh, because I believe be they said uh, Cyborg from Titans will be giving them the mission. But I'm not positive on that. Isn't there another one? No, that should be it. That's five because Young Justice, Titans, Harley Quinn, Swamp Thing, you did Doom Patrol. Young Justice. Okay. Uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, do you know any word on if there are going to be like comic books added to this streaming service or if it's just strictly a streaming service for these television they, shows they've given so just a little detail but i assume it's going to be just the streaming service what do you know about the uh launch date on this nothing yet and okay. I, i've checked fairly often but that, that's what i'd like to know more than anything it's just when uh, it's going to be announced or released and i also like to know like what other content they're going to have on there like if they're going to have the batman animated series the just like animated series like if they do that'd be something that would definitely make it worth uh the price of admission Yes, uh, so if you are into comic book television shows, go do some research on this, because it's going to be really exciting. Um, and in the actual world of comic books themselves, uh, something to keep in mind is Marvel is starting over. They are rebooting just about everything and bringing back a bunch of old series, Yes, and it's already started. Yeah, it's not a full reboot, it's a soft reboot. No, 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 it, it, it doesn't erase the character's history like they did, like DC does every now and then. Uh, that's Marvel's big things that they'll never so far they'll never do like a full reboot, but they've created starting points for new readers to jump on that that's not backlogged by decades of history. Yeah, you assume that going into these because they're starting with new number ones for so many different characters. Um, they just launched Avengers one, Venom number one. They did a do- they're starting a Domino series that will probably get canceled and probably be really good. It'll probably be six issues like. Yeah, really. That's basically, outside of every, aside from Wolverine, every X Men 
solo series character getting six issues and it's done. Yeah. Uh, we are going to have a new Black Panther. We're going to have not a new like Black Panther, but a new Black Panther series. Uh, Mortal Hulk. Fantastic Four is finally coming back. Thank God. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. That'll be really, really cool to read again. So lots of really cool stuff from Marvel uh, coming up the pipeline. No word on anything from DC and their um, DC Black Label uh, stuff coming out. No release dates on that. Uh, we know Justice League is going to restart here real quick. I want to say next month sometime. Yeah, I think, I think the beginning month. of next yeah. month starts Scott Snyder's run on 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 that. So keep an eye out for that. And the next month is the last issue of uh, New Age of Heroes too. Yes. Or the last number one, I should say. Yeah. Uh, Silencer's five issues in and a couple more are near there. So there's some good shit happening at DC, but a lot more exciting things happening at Marvel right now. And it always goes back and forth. I mean, yeah, it cycles. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely very cyclical. All right. uh, That wraps up our intermission here. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about Lady Killer. Yeah. Matt picked out Lady Killer by a story by Joel Jones. And Jamie S. Rich, art by Joel Jones. And it's on Dark Horse. Is this our first Dark Horse book that we've done? It, I've mentioned Black Hammer. We've a talked about of them, times. but I think we've done like an actual episode deep. I mean, yeah. going into depth about a Dark Horse book. It's yet, about time. Honestly. Which is weird because we both like love Hellboy. We both yeah. love the goon, but we just haven't. Ooh. We need to have an episode. Maybe we'll do like a Patreon thing at some point and, and just talk about these characters on, on Dark Horse specifically, because that would be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, anywho, that's more for my own masturbatory reasons <laughs> than anything. Uh, I just love to hear myself talk. Uh, Lady Killer, um, let's go. Yeah, I had no idea about the series. Um, it was completely foreign to me. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, actually, I'll set tone. It takes place, I want to say, in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, the protagonist is a, uh, a female who is a stay-at-home mom, but her real job is, is that she's an assassin for this organization, which I, we don't get the name of the organization, but she's been doing it for 18 years and her husband and her two kids have no idea. And also her mother-in-law lives with them too. Oh, I forgot about that little detail. Yeah. It has the, uh, the crazy idea that, that women can be killers too. Uh, come on. That's been around forever. Black widow is pretty synonymous with that. <laughs> And she was around well before Lady Killer. Mm, Lady mm. Killer was in the 1950s. I'm pretty sure that was before <laughs> Black Widow. Actually, I don't know Black Widow's first appearance. Mm. Point golden here. Congratulations. Good job, Dark Horse. So why did you decide that I should read this book? Well, here's the fun part. Is I actually brought three books over for Alex to take a, a pick from. And he chose Lady Killer. Um, maybe it's because of the fantastic art by Joel Jones. One of the, um, best, uh, artistic depictions of anything that I've ever seen really encapsulates the fifties and sixties era, the style. It's very, the art has very, really, even the backgrounds are so good. Yeah. Uh, every panel is just so detailed that it's, the dialogue is not super deep or anything, but the, the art is why you are picking up this book. I agree. You are picking up this book on a weekly basis or just picking up the trade. It's incredible. It's, it's yeah. some of the best art I've ever seen. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, I think it's a great sign for the art. If your eye just lingers on the panel for a second longer 
then the writer w- would like you or would intend for you to just because you want to catch all the little details on there. Yeah, this book actually popped up on my Amazon. You might be interested in this at some point, and then it just kind of... They pulled you in. They did, and it stuck on my, like, wish list for, like, eight months, and Mm. I finally was just like, fuck it, I'll buy it. (laughs) It's like eight bucks on there, like, cool, whatever. I rolled the dice on it, it's Dark Horse, who cares? It's it's not bad. It's a... I mean, it's very James Bondy, because it's in the 60s and 50s, Uh, but if James Bond, instead of being a hunk of a dude, was a sexy lady. Yeah, and the main character, Josie, her methods are... Not as clean. Like, she, her kills are violent kills. Yeah, that's yeah. the only way to kill people violently. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite bit from this book? Oh, man, you're going to have to really refresh my memory. It's been a minute for me. One thing that I really like, uh, she goes into this club where women are dressed scantily clad, kind of like the old like Playboy Club feel. Uh, and she takes out her target, and then her handler, uh, na- a guy named Peck, shows up, and he's driving a cab, and they both carry him out, act like he's too drunk. Uh, and they're just trying to help him get home, throw him back at the cab. I thought that whole bit was nice, a real clever touch to where after you kill someone, as long as there's no blood showing, it's like they're too drunk. You're just trying to help him get back home safe. I thought that was a really cool touch. There's a lot of really interesting parts in here, too. Um, she even like brings her, her kids to help her do some investigation and like do a little digging before she takes out a target and stuff. And it's, it's really interesting. We uh, should say that her family, her I don't know if I did already, but her husband's unaware of what she does. Her kids obviously don't know. Yeah, she's got like twin girls or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that part. Like, I like the fact that they're all 100% oblivious. And she acts like she's just like this normal housewife. And her husband is, is 100% none the wiser. But of course, the twist in it is that eventually, well, one, the organization wants her to kill a kid. Which he doesn't do, mm-hmm. uh, but I believe it for a second. Whenever she was, whenever she went to the kid's house, brandishing a knife, chasing him up the stairs, it was just a ruse for him to get safe. But eventually, so the organization decides that they need to take her out, and so that's the twist in the last issue. Doesn't she end up killing her handler? Uh, she does, uh, yeah. and she I she recruits she too. recruits two people. I did too. Uh, she recruits another female assassin that Peg is also her handler. And then a gentleman named Reinhardt, who's older, uh, to help them as well take down the big boss. So I thought that it's volume one really, there's really no loose ends in volume one by the end of it. It ties it up nicely um, and keep it's a, it is volume one, but they have not, I don't think renewed it yet, or I don't know if they're still writing the next uh, bit of trades for it. It came out in 2017, or at least it ended in 2017. Um, so we'll see if there's any plans from Dark Horse in the future to keep up with it. But they, they made it wrap up nicely if they only do one. Yeah, that's, that's my thing about it. Even though it does say volume one in there, like you said, it, it is a very self-contained story. where You could see where they would go with it if it continued, but there's not any loose ends left. Yeah, you're not going to be disappointed if they, if they don't uh, continue it if you just buy this one. You'll still enjoy it. It's still a good book. Although my one question about it too is like towards the end, like her husband makes the joke that like, well, maybe she should get a job uh, and her extra money, but did she not get paid for being an assassin for 18 years? She must have. Where'd all that money go? Yeah. Where's this bank account and what is she spending all of this money on? Yeah. It's a great question. I guess disguises for her, yeah. for her kills. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, it's a very 
uh, terrible workplace where yeah, she's just doing it for yeah. free. She just really likes to kill fuckers. Yeah, and it'd be interesting if there was a story about like her origins and how she got into it. Uh, what made her fall for her husband? If there was a volume two, I'd like to see some of that stuff. Yeah, I uh, if I were to guess what made her fall for her husband, it's just that he's a ding dong that doesn't ask too many questions. <laughs> yeah, and he, he seems nice. Yeah, yeah, nice enough. Yeah, yeah, seems very agreeable. Yeah, so all good traits to have in a man. Yeah, agreeable. Doesn't ask too many questions. Uh, what do you think you would uh, give this on a, a scale of one to ten? I'd put it around a seven. Yeah. Uh, I really like it. Like we both mentioned, the art's fantastic. Uh, and it makes me want to read more stuff that Joel Jones has done the art for. Uh, but if there's a volume two, I'll check it out. What about you? Uh, wildly detailed art. And like you said, definitely going to go look up Joel Jones on, on Wikipedia and see what I can't find out and get into. But it's incredibly detailed. And I really challenge you to find a book that's got better art in it. And that's not something that I say lightly. I'm usually like, well, the art's cool or whatever, but I don't really know anything about art. But this <laughs> one, I'm just like, yeah, it's fucking great. Um, the story's good. It's very James Bondy, very 60s, cool vibe, cool twist. I'd say seven and a half, probably. <laughs> like, it's it's not the best thing in the world. Like You can see where it's going if you're really paying attention. But it makes you stop and think, and it makes you stop and look. Which is what a good comic book does. Yeah, I agree. And buzzing about wraps it up for this week's Internet Comics. Come back next week. We'll be talking about Deadpool 2. Uh, s- skip. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. <laughs> uh, as always, you can email us at hinternofcomics at gmail.com. Make sure you go subscribe however you are listening to this podcast. Uh, give it a download, not just a listen, please. Uh, find us on the Facebook, the Instagram and Twitter, um, not that we're ever on those things, but <laughs> they exist. They're somewhere. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Gushback. And I'm a lady killer. Henchman ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs>